Hey, I'm Havila. Welcome to Home with Havila podcast. Today we're doing a Cunnington catch up. It's where I tell you, well, it's kind of like picking up the phone for a girlfriend when you're haven't caught up in a long time or maybe need to catch up. It's just a conversation about my life that maybe will bring some normalcy and clarity and humor to your life. So put on your walking shoes, grab that cup of coffee. Let's sit down for a conversation for a little bit. Okay, you guys, it's been a minute since we caught up, and September has been a very full month for the Cunnington crew. Guys, I have so much on my heart to talk to you about, but I'll give you some family updates, but then I want to share some things that are just roaming around in my head and heart that I want to share with you. Some things that I'm dealing with that I'm sure you're dealing with, and some of the things that I'm thinking about to help bring peace and clarity and confidence in a very uh, in uncertain future. So first of all, we are doing good. We have hit the road running. September is the first month of travel for Havila. <laughs> yes, third person, Havila. And I, I love being on the road. Love it. Um, you know, I used to be on the road a lot when the boys were little, and I really had to pick and choose specifically what where I would go. And I had some rules about it, which was as a working mom, I would take the last flight out and the first flight home. So as much as I could not miss, as as much as I could control not missing any part of their life, I worked towards. So I did not take extra days to frolic in a mall or to rest or restore, I knew at that season of my life that it needed to be just down and dirty, right? Lean and mean. That's what it required. And so I would come home and it was just a blur, a complete blur. But luckily my kids will tell you to this day that they don't remember me being gone that much. And I think we did a pretty good job, um, you know, by the grace of God. So I'm back on the road. This time they know a little bit more, but can I just be honest? Like, I cannot tell you the feeling of having a break (laughs) from the kids at this age. Like, I love them. I adore them. I love it. And when I'm home, I'm full-time mom. Like, I get up in the morning with them. I take them to school. I pick them up. I take them to sports. I mean, I love being a mom. Love it. But there is something about a couple hours of silence, even if it's on a plane filled with strangers um, and I'm going to go work. Man, it is so nice. I go through my emails. I plan out my week. I, I get to schedule things that I never get to schedule. I go through all my old text messages. And as somebody who struggles with ADHD, that forced silence, that that kind of corralled environment. So good for me. And I realized that's why I didn't get a ton done in in the summer because I didn't have this forced sit down and go through your things. So I absolutely loved it. I actually went to the first weekend. I went to my sister and her husband, Daniel. They um, run a business, which they are very successful in. And they just, they just do incredible. I mean, they have, their business has just 
kind of blown up in a matter of a couple years. And my sister is brilliant in how she gathers leaders and equips them and empowers them. And I love her story because she was a minister's kid slash thought she would always be in ministry. And then, you know, that's not how it happened. Uh, The recession 2008 hit hard when she came back from England with her husband and the church finances were declining rapidly, which Ben and I would eventually uh, face as well. And so they had to figure it out. So Daniel went to work, her husband, and just kicked butt and um, was just an incredible employee, made his way to the top in uh, Starbucks and then Apple, and then eventually ran three luxury car dealerships. But Deborah's heart was always to have him home. I mean, that was her deepest passion was like, I want him home to be with the kids. He's working 60 hours a week. When he gets home, he's exhausted. He's always on call. So the podcast is not all about her. So I'm going to, I'm going to shorten this up, but long story short, she took a risk, started a job, started working for herself and began to build all the way to build her dream, which was to bring Daniel home. And she did that in less than I believe a year and a half, which is pretty phenomenal. Daniel came home to work for Deborah, which is amazing. And now they work together and they've tripled their business. Um, and they really work on their health coaches and they work on getting people healthy. I've done the program myself. It's how I stay slim. It's how I manage my eating. And I've helped a lot of other people, which I don't really talk about publicly, but I actually have people that I've coached or I've have coaches that have coached people that have lost upwards of 50, 60, 80 pounds. So it's pretty cool. And I just got to sit with them at this business summit. So regardless, I got to teach at this business summit, which was a little bit different for me. I usually teach in faith environments, but I was up for the challenge and I kind of liked stretching my muscle in a different way. And I taught uh, a couple things. The first session I taught on boundaries, which is amazing. Everybody needs boundaries, whether you are a person of faith whether you are seeking, it, everyone needs boundaries. And so that translated to every, all the environment. And then secondly, I taught on uh, te- learning how to create a purpose timeline. So you can define your purpose and know where to put your energy rather than, you know, being uh, swayed by what people think or what the latest and greatest thing is, you're clear. So that was really fun. Ben was there as well. And we partied hard for 24 hours and some of their team are some of my favorite people. So that was really great. Then we drove home. We did a whole nother week and then I flew out to Dallas, Texas. I believe that that's true. Is that true? Yeah, I think that's true. So we flew to Dallas, Texas, and I got to be on a show called Life Today. And I know many of you are probably not cable watching people. I get it. But there is a show called Life Today with James Robinson and Betty Robinson. They've been on forever. And so I was able to do the show and I talked on, guess what? Ding, ding, ding. Boundaries. (laughs) I don't know why that book came out a year and a half ago, two years ago. And it feels like that book is just has a life of its own. It's my best selling on Amazon. It's got the most reviews. It has over a thousand reviews on Amazon. Like that's incredible. If you did the review for me, you have to understand that means a lot to me as an author. It's kind of my marker to know if it spoke and if it mattered and people can buy a book. But when you hear that it worked 
it's, it really means a lot. And I, I see all of those. I get to go in and check those. And so I make my kids read them out loud to me at night just so I can feel better about myself. No, I'm teasing. Well, I mean, I could, but you know, so, um, so I actually went on that show, which was super fun. And my twin sister came with me and we had a full girl moment, like 24 hours of the show. Then we walked the mall and this is going to sound so funny. Like just, just imagine this. My sister and I are the same size, same height. You know, we're, we're virtually the same person DNA, right? So we would go from store to store and we took turns trying on things because we didn't want to try on everything at every store. And so we each took turns and then the other twin could look at it and say, okay, that looks good or I'll buy that. So we bought a lot of the same things because we got to see it on each other, (laughs) on each other. So, you know, there's not amazing things that happen with twins, but that is kind of a cool part of being a twin. So we did that. And then... We visited a church called Trinity Life, and it was in Cedar Hill, Dallas, and it was a stunning community. Um, I think what struck me, first of all, we got there, we got in the back room, talked to the pastor. She was awesome, and our host was awesome. Um, but when worship started, the whole stage was full of women, all different ages. I want to say... 50 women. That's probably an overstatement, maybe 30, but they were all various ages, um, you know, demographic races, all the things. And they all had a little bit of a, like a feminine touch, like a tutu, something, a crown, something. And it was so cool. And then during worship, different ones, and again, they could pull it off. Their talent was strong enough to pull this off. But they would take turns singing different parts of the songs. And it was it was breathtaking. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And it was just so cool. It felt like you could see there that everyone had a chance to participate, that the story is diverse and unique. It was really cool. So my sister and I were kind of wow about that. Then I was able to get up and share a message. I really felt a strong anointing that night. Um, And it just was it just was received so well I talked about facing your future and then the Holy Spirit had me do something I've never done ever and I wish I was smart enough to think about this but at the end of the message the Holy Spirit during ministry time told me to gather their key leaders and to have them stand on the stage and to hold hands and face their future and walk together towards their future And the music is playing and there's tears and it was just, it was supernatural. It was powerful. It was divine. And it felt like, yeah, we're just, we're taking a step together, but it felt like we took ground in the spirit. It was so cool. So, um, I just sat back and it made me weep because I know what kind of year it's been for leaders across America it's been a hard couple of years. It's hard for Americans and it's hard for leaders and it's just a lot, you guys. And so to watch them be able to just navigate a moment of clarity and stepping into the future, the uncertain future. Oh, it was so powerful. It makes me emotional right now. So that was really cool. So then we, uh, I got to go, uh, sign books and meet a lot of you, which is one of my favorite parts of the whole night because, 
you know, you speak and you minister and that's really, it's really rewarding to see people's lives. The, the light bulbs go on in the room, tears, laughter. I just, I love that feeling, but there's something really personal when you get to sit in a book, book line and just hug and look at each other in the eyes and hear a minute of their story and how it impacted them. And, oh, it's just really special. And then knowing that they're holding a resource when they leave. So you're not just, you know, a one hit wonder, but you hope that their life is altered from that point on and that they get, they have the tools they need to make it happen. So that was really cool. So then the next morning we loaded up and we flew to Nashville and this happened to be not a ministry, but a family event. My uncle, Victor Amfuso, turned 90 years old. And so my Aunt Kathy gathered everybody and her family. And I don't know what that sound is in my car. I'm sorry. But she gathered everybody to fly in and celebrate his birthday. And it was so, it was amazing. We all gathered in this little country club room. And it was kind of a sit down dinner. And my uncle Victor is such an amazing man. I can't go into every detail of his life. But he was uh, a New Yorker. He was a high-powered attorney in New York City. Got radically saved, like just radically saved. I want to say when my dad, uh, at a Thanksgiving dinner, I believe my dad began to pray and shared the gospel during that Thanksgiving dinner. I think it turned into an hour-long prayer. Food got cold. But that was the day that my uncle and aunt gave their life to Christ. I could be totally wrong about that, but that was part of someone in the family. And I think it was them. So they ended up getting radically saved. I mean, to the point where they took their, you know, very expensive wine cellar and poured it down the drain. I mean, they just got radically saved. It was like a a complete rebirth. And then they left New York and they decided to pursue the call of God on their life, which led them to Portland, Oregon, where they, my uncle partnered uh, with another man who had a genius idea of creating copyright for worship music so that the worship leaders could be compensated for their contribution of their songwriting. So it's called CCLI. And so my uncle was the key partner in making sure that that happened. He was the attorney side. And so they were able to build, uh, that, that, that business really until this day, it still happens. Although they sold the company, they, that, that was part of his heritage. So it's really cool. Everywhere I travel, I'll see the little CCLI little number at the bottom of the screen for worship. And I think that's my family. Like, that's so cool. So he was a godly man, had five kids, loved the Lord, led men's prayer. I mean, just contributed in so many aspects of his life. And the room had stories and stories about how he was an incredible father, incredible leader, how he was so diligent, um, the hardest worker. And it was just really cool. So that was pretty amazing. We danced, we laughed, we cried, and we hung out for another 24 hours and then flew home. When I got home, my luggage did not come with me. That's always a fun experience. Rarely happens because I always usually carry a carry-on. But this time I asked my sister what she was bringing. She said she was bringing a suitcase. I got all anxious about maybe I should bring a suitcase. That was my first issue, my comparison and my anxiety that I'm going to miss out. My seven is showing. And so I ended up not getting my luggage for another two days, but that was okay. And then, um, 
we got home and I went into getting laundry done, food for everybody, dropping the kids off because as a working mom, and if some of you guys know this, when you get home, you're on, like your spouse has been doing it all. And so it's your turn to contribute in that way. So I went to driving the kids to school, driving them to sports, you know, bedtime, wake up time, dinner. I did, I finally cooked some meals so we could sit down and eat. So it was really cool, but you know, it was a lot of work. And then on Thursday night, I hosted I should say we hosted because there was a group of us, our first Bethel Women's Fall event, and it was called a mixer. Now, if you are a leader out there in the world, this is like the most phenomenal idea. I wish I was smart enough to think about this, but one of my friends, Jenna, gave came up with this idea, and it is so successful. So again, if you are leading anything, it doesn't have to be faith-based, but just anywhere that you're trying to create community, this is so cool. So what you do is is she called it a picnic. You can do it on blankets. You can do it in, you know, groups. It doesn't have to be on the floor, but you, you, you have a host. So you pick out, you know, 20 hosts, 10 hosts, five hosts, whatever. And their job is to invite five friends. So the host invites five friends. So it's a party of six and everyone brings a snack to share. Well, you invite multiple hosts. So we had, I believe, I want to say 25 hosts. And they bring five friends or they include five people. And then everyone sits down. You give them three questions to answer together. Everyone gets timed. You know, you get like two minutes to share your answer and you kind of keep a timer to make sure people don't take over. And then at the 10 or 15 minute mark, you get up and say, okay, everybody go find a new table. So it's kind of like friends speed dating. So then you get to sit down at a brand new table with six or five new other people and you get to meet them. So by the end of the night, you've had, you've gotten to meet 15 people strategically and spontaneously without getting that awkward. I got to roam around a room and try to meet people and all the things. And then we had them at the very end. Their objective was to Either get a friend's phone number, connect with one person, or set up a coffee date with someone in the community. And so that was their kind of takeaway to keep community going. And we got rave reviews. People loved it. They loved it. And you know who loved it the most? The introverts. The introverts were so grateful. They said it was so cool to have kind of genetically engineered social, the social part but also not to get stuck with certain people. Do you know what I mean? So they loved it. It worked. So I think we're going to do it every fall. The only problem that we did, which didn't work, was A, we called it a picnic. Not a good word to call it. If I was to revisit that, I would call it a mixer. A, a, a mixer. And then I would also say, don't say picnic or bring something to share say, bring a finger food or brings, bring, you know, bring an hors d'oeuvre that doesn't require utensils because people need to be able to take their, oh, here's the last thing. Your snack goes with you. So if you leave your snack, you bring your snack to the first group when the sound happens and you get up to move, you take your snack and you move it along. So you again, get to, get to sample all kinds of food along the way. It's really, really great. And then, you know, again, if you're just doing your own thing, I've been to mixers where they'll put a bottle of wine at every table. We didn't do that, obviously, at a church event, but that is a great idea as well. So we did that Thursday night. Meanwhile, we are working on promo videos for our author school and 
uh, the Wonder Conference in 2023. So we flew in this incredible guy. He is an incredible videographer. His name is Brady, and he flew in to film those two experiences. So Thursday night, he filmed a little bit of the community aspect. And then on Friday, we had different touch points where we filmed different um, aspects of the author school. Don't worry, you'll see that that video. It'll be coming out. And that was really amazing. And then Friday, we filmed our promo for the Wonder Conference 2023, which is at the end of March. If you're listening to this, Bethel Women's Wonder Conference is happening at the end of March. I want to say the 28th, 29th, and 30th of March. I'm going to look right now so that I don't throw you off. It's the 29th, 30th, and oh, I'm lying. I'm absolutely lying. It is the it is the yeah 29th, 30th, and 31st of March. International Women's Month is going to be when the conference is. So March 29th, 30th, and 31st of 2023. So we were able to film that. And it was so, it's just rewarding. We probably honestly had about 30 different women represented in that, which is really cool. So by Sunday, we were deliriously tired. You heard my week. It was wild. And so we recovered and restored on Sunday. Ben actually didn't feel good. So he was in bed and I was trying to, you know, get the laundry done and get the house cleaned and answer all the emails and get ready for the week. Watch church online, which we rarely do, but it just happened to be that kind of day. And then we started all over again. So this week is kind of an exciting week because we have our Open Heavens Conference at Bethel. It's completely sold out. We have incredible guests that are coming in and I will be there. To, I guess it's uh, opening night and Thursday night and then Friday night, um, I will be flying to North Dakota. Um, is that true? I think it's North Dakota. Oh my gosh. Have a look, Cunnington. Um, I'll be flying to North Dakota to be at Evangel Church for their unique conference. I'm really excited about that conference because they gather a thousand women at this conference, which tells me already that these women are serious. Like that is very hard to do. And that means what they give and what they bring has a lot of value. I just love that. So I'll be there for that. And then I'll be speaking Saturday, a panel, book signing, and then I'll be doing all of their Sunday morning services. So if you're in North Dakota or close to it by Brismark, come see me. And if you go to that church, tell, come up to me and say, I heard you on the podcast. You talked about me. Um, that would be amazing. So that's it for the day. I just got home after my little carpool drive to the to the school and I'm going to start my day. I got a lot of things planned, but I hope that this uh, kind of gives you a heads up of how we're doing life. Oh, I know. I wanted to talk about something really important with you. Here's what I want to say. Yes, yes, yes. I had a conversation. I also had a dinner on Tuesday night um, with a group of business leaders, which was really cool. And one of the women that I sat by, we talked about how there's a low level of anxiety that we are all facing right now and that people are coming out of COVID, starting their life, but they're not really feeling like their capacity is the same as before. And I agreed with that. I have felt my capacity limited. I don't know why I've got a good night's sleep. I am motivated, but I just can't pull off what I could pull off before. And the only way that I could relate it was 
You know how you have your phone and you look at your battery and it keeps getting depleted and you're like, what's going on? And then you realize that there's an app in the background that's running, that's depleting your energy. Well, I think anxiety is a lot like that. It may not be the thing we're thinking about. We may not be paralyzed by fear, feel really anxious, but there's a low level anxiety in our culture right now that's running in the background and maybe in the front, but really in the background that's depleting our energy and capacity. So I just want to say to you, as I'm saying to myself, have grace for yourself. You are not losing it. You're not messing up. You're not broken. We're all experiencing some restraint from this low level anxiety. Then add inflation, then add all the things that are happening. Gosh, we are getting hit on every side. And I was talking to the Lord yesterday about it because I do feel, I do feel anxious at times too, guys. Like I get it. I heard the Lord say the antidote for anxiety is my presence. And I just wanted to remind us that, yes, I'm all for help intervention, medical intervention. I'm all for that talk therapy. I'm all for prayer, all that. But his presence, knowing that your creator God has you, sees you, is going to take care of you, that you are not going to go without. He's going to give you strategy. If you can get in his presence. Not a I, me, what about me, but you are worthy. I worship you. You are creator. I believe you have a plan for for me. And just adoration in his presence, I promise you, a good 5, 10, 20 minutes in that place will lower your anxiety and even the anxiety that you didn't even know you had. So I'm going to talk more about that. That's something I'm thinking about a lot right now, but I hope that that helps you. And the good news is, Studies show that we're going to have this kind of weird inflation for the next year. And then in 2024, we're going to see it start to go down. So we're going to have to buckle up for about a year. We can do this. And I hope to be a place of nurture in this season because I know what it feels like. I'm in it too. I went through the recession of 28, uh, 2008. I lost everything in that season. So listen, we're going to do this together. We are not going to do this alone. We're going to make it. All right. I love you guys. I hope this helps. I can't wait to catch up next time. Have a great day.